righty. Welcome to Racers Alley. And uh, holy moly, I guess uh, I was off for a week there. And uh, last week we had a little bit of a fun time. And uh, today uh, we'll have a couple of guests uh, who have actually toured uh, and uh, ridden motorcycles through Japan. And uh, we had a great conversation the other day, and I invited them to the show because uh, holy moly, it's a whole different culture over there. Not to mention, uh, uh, holy moly, as far as uh, motorcycling, you know, uh, people who really appreciate a country that loves bikes boy they told me stories about giant places where there's just nothing but floors of gear and floors of bikes and also the most beautiful roads that you could imagine so uh they're gonna be here in about a half hour or so and uh we'll have a great conversation about going to japan and uh that being said you know i mean uh, riding through countries uh right now a bunch of my friends are out there over in morocco and got some friends in mexico and uh boy you know it's something i haven't really done myself with the exception of racing at the isle man which is a uh, nothing to shake a stick at but uh, to enjoy 10 days being on a touring bike with all the uh, actual you know gear and just relax and you know having a great time with your mates i can't imagine what that would be like uh, and I, I i do hope to do it in my future at some point but uh, i love seeing all the pictures on the face of my book and uh, you know uh, it's neat you know at our age uh, me being a little older so let's just say around 50 and uh a lot of people now, I guess, uh, you know, uh, are getting at the age where they're not retiring, but have enough money, uh, kids left or whatever, and you can actually go and do something. And uh, what's neat is to see all my friends out there on various motorcycles having some really, really cool times and uh, going across all these continents and states and deserts, that type of thing. So it's uh, I, uh, I really congratulate you all and may you all get home safely. And uh, it's always great to see the pictures, just so you know. All right. So... Uh, let me see here. Let's get back uh, to a little bit of music, and I'll be back shortly with uh, Mr. Wade, and we'll start uh, with our guest over in Japan. All right? Cheers, guys. So, you know, we're talking about going, uh, you know, long riding touring nowadays, especially some of us are getting near retiring age and uh, having a great time doing so. And, uh, you know, uh, myself, I just recently bought a 99R1, 1999R1. It's a bike that I've always loved. I actually had one, uh, bought a brand new in 99. Wade and I actually, Wade got his in Canada and... Uh, 
I actually had uh, to wait till March to finally get mine. That being said, it was, a, it was a neat time to have that bike, and it's a bike that I always loved, and I was actually always able to ride anywhere. They are million-mile bikes, literally. So, I mean, it's just like all you have to do is, uh, you know, just take care of them, and they go forever. And uh, just recently, I just bought my third one. So it's nice to have the 99R1. I'm spending a lot of money right now uh, getting it to my liking, you know, steel braided brake lines, getting my only back from Wade and uh, getting the brakes together new master cylinder up front and uh, new tires I'm gonna get the Michelin RS's because uh, you know they sponsored me about a year ago that I never really really got on the track so those tires are still you know, barely broken in but uh, that being said uh, they are very confidence inspiring and they're a good tire and I decided to bring that onto the street you know I guess the closest thing might be a Rosso on that respect but uh, anyhow uh, in the future, uh, I hope to be riding that, and I hope you all end up seeing me out there uh, actually riding that bike. And I hope to see you all at uh, you know many more riding events. And uh, that's that's a neat thing, you know. It's, it takes a lot to have a certain type of a, a you know comfort level and there's many many different bikes out there and uh, mine just still happens to be the sport bike. And uh, in the end, uh, it's it's really. It's really Every rider has a different taste. Every rider has a different idea of actually how they want to ride, uh, or the image of riding. And I, I've mentioned this before on the show, you know, some folks like the idea of a leather vest and jeans and, uh, you know, uh, saddlebags and cruise your Harley without a helmet across the U.S. Uh, personally, I, I, I love that. That's the way I wanted to ride originally. And uh, from there... Uh, you know, you got the sport bike rider with the leathers, uh, Joe Racer, you know, that's been complained about many times. And you got the practical boys, you know, the the standard riders, which at the time they used to buy the Nighthawk 750, which is around for a very, very long time. Uh, it's, it's just like almost the Volvo of motorcycles. Uh, you know, Volvo is just like a totally safe car. The CB750 was the same way, you know, very utilitarian, very comfortable. The thing would just not die. It's a Honda you know and then you got your bmw folks i mean that's, that's always been kind of a special crowd so to speak and uh yeah they're long milers as well just like the coal wingers uh, another another subculture you know so it's nowadays you can pretty much have whatever you want whatever flavor ice cream you want whatever gear you want you can pretty much buy which is pretty bitching you know i mean uh when i started riding uh well, really, uh, they really didn't even have the full face yet. Uh, this was a uh, late seventies. So, I mean, we didn't actually have helmets. I didn't ride without a helmet and, you know, even until the, until they had the law really after that in the 87, I believe 88 after that, you had to wear a helmet. Some, you know, but anyhow, uh, let's see here. Uh, let me let you get back to a little bit of music as I have to actually take care of a little business. All right. And, uh, talk to you soon.
Alley and uh, yeah, I'm Alex and uh, the producer here and he's just chilling out and uh, it's kind of like my time right now to just talk about whatever the hell I want until our guests and hosts get here and I gotta say something uh, you know lately we've been getting out our shop uh, you know folks like to bring in their own tires folks like to bring in their own parts and it's just like do you really want to go into a restaurant and bring your own filet because you feel that filet that they're selling you is too expensive? And then you go there and it's just like, yeah, I, I brought my own meat. I, I don't mind you cooking it. And may I be in your shop and use all your accoutrements? Yeah, that's how I feel when bring, you know folks bring stuff to my shop. It's like, really, dude, you know, there's enough shops that are so out of business. And, you know, it's like... That's the problem. And uh, worse has been those folks actually not charging taxes on the interwebs. And uh, that's always been a thing. But uh, I hear they're changing that up now. And I, I almost wonder how that will be in the end when it comes to actually, um, you know, making a difference for folks. Um, it'll be an interesting to see, you know, folks stop start going to shops again you know uh, there's very few shops left and you know those shops are the, the the ones that are actually working on your bikes and you know used to be a lot more folks to be hanging out in front and stuff and uh, i've seen that kind of go away over time you know so they, they used to be gathering places but um nowadays you know for for your extra saving five bucks you're basically taking money out of people's pockets and it's just like uh, how'd you like me to go to your place and uh, RER, whatever you do, it's just like, you know what, I'm just going to pay you a little bit less, but I, I, I still want the same service, you know, and uh, I can understand everyone really want to sp- save a buck, but the fact of the matter is motorcycles are very, uh, you know, uh, special, uh, we have a community, but I, I think now the community is getting a little bit uh, more frugal, and uh, they don't care, and uh, you know, in the end, uh, when they don't have a place to go to change their tires, or they have to go to a different town, oh, what happened to my shop? Well, it's going to be, the fact of the matter is, you didn't shop there, you didn't do your job, and uh, so, that's all I got to say about that, I was just, uh, you know, just uh, bitching, <laughs> sometimes I like to bitch. All right, so let's get 
get back to a little bit of music and uh from there we'll get uh, the boys on all right cheers
Okay, welcome back to Racer's Alley, and I've been on and off talking about whatever I talk about, and uh, Wade's back in the house. Hey, Wade, how you doing? Great. Really good, other than I had to walk here. Oh, no. So, what happened? 
got a nail in my tire. I'm stranded again. Cold. Holy moly. Damn. Damn. Eight blo- I mean, 800 blocks I had to walk. 800 blocks. <laughs> All right. Looks like it. Wade, say hi. Hi there. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, we're having a little mic difficulty. Let me switch Wade and I'll be right back. How about the one next to you, Wade? Yellow. That's, That's the one right. that works. So use that one. The other one we can use. I was wondering. There we go. Okay. All right. So say hi. Hi there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, I was just mentioning with Wade. Uh, Wade. So welcome back to the show and uh, enjoy. And uh, so what just happened? I was on, in theory, on my way over here and I found a big old nail in my tire. So I had to walk eight, I mean, 800 blocks to get here. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't remember. all uphill too. Right? Uh, in the snow and the sleet and the rain. Yeah. yeah. It's like, huh, when's the last time you walked eight blocks? Holy moly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm, look, I'm looking to get saved. And I I had a similar but different problem the other day. I got I got saved. Uh, my bike overheated. I was on a, I do funeral escorts sometimes when they want me to anyhow my bike was overheating I was doing some stop and go stuff uh, my fuel gauge came on it made me pull over and get gas I had to go to the gas station which was on flat level ground and the bike said no way am I starting again for you you're not pushing me and I'm not starting for you oh no I got somebody to push me I didn't want to wear him out so I let him go it'll it'll never it'll never work oh the uh, regulator rectifier no it just gets it just gets hot so it's working fine now anyhow i push it two blocks 200 blocks around the corner <laughs> and i found moto java and, and moto mike and he totally saved me so nice. i told him to stop by sometime we want to talk it up and i would give him a big thanks he totally saved me we jumped my bike zoom and away i went because you know you could get your truck you could do this you could do that no i have to ride out of here which is nice to well we know him from the past he's you know he's part of the establishment here as a motorcyclist here in the city but yeah it's always nice if you're getting close enough where someone could really help you yeah you know? yeah so, so moto mike owner of moto java took care of you totally took care of me awesome 10 20 minutes later caught my breath bike fired right up and away i went that's what i'm talking about fellas earlier when i was bitching about uh uh i had a personal commercial wade where i uh, admonished all the people who'd like to to bring your tires in and then you just mount and balance them for them it's just like oh yeah you know independent shops have to make their money so for you saving 20 bucks it's gonna be out of money you know hey guess who we got robbie moto tire guy say hey robbie hey hey good evening get a little closer to the mic and you'll be a lot better off and we can hear you close hello how you doing brother good good yeah i hear you've been really busy lately good steady busy it's the uh, end of the summer riding season everybody's kind of fried their summer tires and winter and rain is coming so the smart people are putting fresh tires on yeah i i have been i've been seeing that as well and just like wait right now we're just talking about tires so you got a screw on one uh a screw in his horribly worn out tire no it's got almost light. horribly worn out tire. <laughs> got a worm in your pocket put, put, a, put, a, put a nail in it it's done. put a fork in it yeah uh, hey do you have a tire patch kit on you on you <laughs> all right after the show i'll go down to my shop tokyo moto and i'll get i'll get the wormy and bob's your uncle so that that'll be easy yeah we enough. got that sweet uh almost new tire with a hole in it which was uh earmarked for you about a month ago 
Yeah. I thought you'd be in like a month ago. <laughs> nah, you use your tires. I mean, if you're frugal, and uh, especially if you're fast enough to where you can actually blow through a set of new tires on the SMR, which is called Sunday Morning Ride. I mean, it's like a track day, but if you do a month, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, track days blow through tires. And, and, a, and a good, heavy pace of riding. If you're a rider, I mean, you can properly blow through some nice tires in a month. Yeah. And yeah. that adds you, up, right? Totally. You, you, if you're really enjoying your ride, you you could t- and I got a big bike and or just enthusiastic you can blow through a set of tires easily tire of the month club that's what we call it brand new set every month Ow, yeah, really- exactly tire tire of the month club and i mean you know uh tires i mean retail i mean you know i mean by the time you get stuff on and you could easily expect a if you have a sport bike a 450 550 bill depending on what you want and if you want some super stickies like the rasas you can go up a little i mean so that a month in tires you're having a hell of a lot of fun but that that is a nice chunk of change over the over the season tires are what keep you off the ground and give you the cubic smiles of going through a corner and or beating somebody or just you know having a great time it's stuck it like it's supposed to right i mean it's like uh well, you got a $15,000, $10,000, $8,000 motorcycle. All it takes is just whomp, and guess what? You know, I mean, all of a sudden you have $4,000 worth of bodywork damage, and not to mention the bike will never be the same, you know? So, yeah, spend your money on good rubber. I mean, it makes a huge deal, right, Robbie? Yes, uh, I mean, but I actually have a very frequent customer, this guy, Kurt Sunderbrook, and he rides all over Tarnation and back, and wow. he's actually quite fond of the Shinko tires. Well, I've used Shinko for certain, right. certain, certain respects, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the Shinko 011 or the 016, so they're not the old Shinkos, but the new versions, and he act, he rides a bazillion miles, and he likes them. I don't know what to say. No, I mean, what, uh, what's, he, what's he on? Uh, he's on a V-Strom 1000. Or he's on a uh, Versus 1000, I think. Okay, so and big he, big twins. Big, yeah. Interesting. And so the, um, the Shinkos aren't cheap, cheap, but they're like $20, $30, maybe $40 cheaper than like the top shelf stuff. And he, you know, he's not racing them, but he rides a lot of miles and he just is happy with them, comfortable with them. He gives them the thumbs up. So, yeah, I mean, you know. a lot of riders have different riding styles, uh, different, different environments, that type of thing. I mean... Um, I've used Shinkos. I really liked them on a dual sport of mine at one point. And, uh, yeah, certain aspects, you know, they're great. Uh, my my Zuma 125, not so much. But that's, you know, everything reacts differently. Tires are kind of funny like that. So some might be brilliant for one, uh, one aspect and not work on the other, you know. But also longevity. I mean, I, I, working at a shop, I see a lot of people and have their tire choices. And uh, sometimes you can, you know, give your advice. But... Especially, you know, I find, you know, uh, people are very brand loyal when it comes to tires because if they gain, you gain confidence in those, they, they gain confidence. And, you know, why try on different pair of jeans if these jeans fit perfectly, that type of thing? Well, I actually have to compliment Shinko. They've kind of copied certain tires. Like there's the Continental TKC80, that 50 50 on road, off road tire that it was like the big block knobby. And, and for, knobby. Ye- and for <laughs> years. Is years. that what you got, Wade, on the DTR1? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's now an illegal tire. Now an illegal tire. <laughs> but uh, for a long time, only Continental made that style of tire. And Shinko got smart 
and they made something that's very similar for like half the price and a lot of customers are using those and they're like why should I pay 150 for the Continentals when they're you know these Shinkos are like 90 and they do the same thing um, got to give them credit well yep. yeah exactly yeah what works works I mean you know back in the old days I was racing the FCR 400 uh, first the 89 and the 90 yeah the 18 inch rear and um, you know the the tire at the time was a sport max radial and uh, you know I didn't like that tire one bit K591s which is dual ply spy tire you know that is the thing I ended up finishing on and it's like I tried the Metzler uh, MEZ ones but for that for me for the feel for that particular bike the dual you know the bias ply uh, uh, K591 was the one that made me feel great and it was uh, I was able to you know uh, go very well on you know so yeah everyone has their shoe that fits you know right and and their dual sport tires used to be you know Metzler Tourances or Pirelli uh, Scorpions and Shinko came along and they're building similar style tires for two thirds or half the price and they kind of do the same thing and it's like it's kind of good it's putting price pressure on the big boys that they can't just bend you over and charge these exorbitant rates there's actually yeah. options out there so yeah. how much did they pay you for talking this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how much did they pay you for the plug? You got a you got a vacation going? Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, no I, I, I I totally understand. There are a lot of tires out there that are you know what they would call bargain. I mean, you got the Kendas and stuff, but they do work. So you know, if you're on a budget, there are tires out there that are just as good. You don't you don't necessarily have to have Nike to feel good in a shoe. Right for fifty you know? horsepower yeah. dual sport bikes, thirty horsepower bikes, you can use kendas and shinkos and uh these um get away with it yeah and, we'll and put they're them fine. all on the scooters fine. and stuff yeah, scooters dude. but on a hundred horsepower bike 150 horsepower bike then maybe you want to you know yeah the, i'll, I'll uh, stick with my michelin yeah, name brand yeah stuff. exactly yeah. i mean you know your life is on the line when it comes to tires and that's the thing you know i mean uh robbie i'm sure has so many stories of people coming in and he's showing me so many pictures of, uh, of the tires <laughs> what, when the cords you're showing that oh, and that. everything else. I, what really cracks me up is that people come in with the cords and the belt showing, and I ask them, how long has it been like this? And they're like, oh, man, it just happened overnight. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm sort of like, no, this has yeah. been like this for a couple of weeks now, actually. And um, How can it, you tell? <laughs> it doesn't get like this overnight. <laughs> exactly. Tell. And it's just another heads up, uh, folks, you know, to once a month grab a cold beer and a bucket of soapy water and a tire pressure gauge and go over your bike and kind of give it a little maintenance it's like an airplane you got to check things once in a while and so you catch them before it catches you yeah you see that all the time and yeah i I know you you let them know and it's 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 interesting how you know some people really it's maintenance isn't i just ride it you know i just recently had a bike come and blow it up again and it's just like what's oil and i was like all right, just wit, wit, and pop. It is like, uh, yeah, you do have to do things. And um, it's about every time we talk to someone, we give them a little bit more knowledge, whether it be here at Racer's Alley or all our friends doing a ride or me at the shop or you at the shop. We're just trying to educate riders. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way they can really learn, I mean, especially if they're new. People come you in, know. my bike stopped running, and you show them where the gas cap is. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is the on button, you know, or kickstand up. You know, I, I've sold bikes and stuff. You know, there's always the novice mistakes, but I mean, that's what's, you know, being, a, you know, a 
uh, and our resp- it's our responsibility to make them safer, happier, and learn them. Yeah. Share the know? knowledge. Share the knowledge. I mean, uh, you know, motorcycle community yeah. is Along all about the good that. times. Exactly, it's all about the good times. You know, so, That's yeah. what motorcycles are all about. Period. Yeah, exactly. Every, everyone's always sharing. Passing on the knowledge. Exactly. To the youngsters. <laughs> and the oldsters. Some of the oldsters are a little uh, naive about things, too. Well, you know, I was just mentioning the other day, it's just like, uh, Wade, you know, the guy that actually took you out racing the AFM on the uh, on the Purple 600 uh, R6. I mean, uh, he was older than you were. Yeah, it was three years older than I am. <laughs> I was Damn. thinking it'd be some young Ages. buck doing something, something. And there he is, like, oh, oh wow. You yeah. Know, yeah, that was And we were in the old guy class and everything. And, and, and totally took me out. Couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, so, I mean, everyone can, you know, uh, I guess there's no stereotypes in the end when it comes to that sort of thing. When, when old people is. take out old people, I've heard of fratricide. Does that count as a geriatricide? <laughs> I think yeah. he needs glasses. Geriatricide. <laughs> I'm okay. I was in the lead. I didn't need glasses. <laughs> right? Oh, damn it. But he had to apologize, not me. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. Anyhow, uh, let's take a break here for a second, and uh, we'll get back to you soon. Listen to some nice Weezer, and we'll have our guests as well talking about uh, Japan. We are.
welcome back to Racers Alley. And holy moly, all of a sudden I have a full house of folks here. And uh, let's see, let's see. Well, uh, we got uh, Mr. Wade Boyd, we got Robbie Motor Tire Guy, and uh, Mr. Brian and Mr. Tim. Say hello. All right. All right. Uh, last of first, this is Tim. Hello, everybody. Hey, right on, Tim and Mr. Brian. Hey, this is Brian. I do Crate Colt, which is a community motorcycle garage. Saying hey. Here you are, Mr. Robbie Motor Tire Guy. Club Milk Crate. Join us. Club Milk Crate. So, theoretically, I have all these mics working, which is a small miracle. Anyhow, uh, welcome, guys. And uh, tonight's topic, really, uh, we were mentioning earlier about uh, maintenance and such, but uh, uh, Brian and Tim uh, have been to Japan. And I don't know, Robbie, have you been there as well? Uh, one time, Tokyo, but it was only like four days. It doesn't really count. So, uh, Robbie, you've, you've been there as well. So, we got three of our guests have been Japan. I don't think, Wade, you've been there? No. You've been, you've been in Australia? Yep. Yep. All right. So, there you go. Uh, as far as, uh, what do you guys ride right now currently in the city? Uh, well, we both rode here today on our KLR 650s. Yeah, hunk okay. of junk. There's a milk crate on the back. Boy, that's a hot mic. Um, and there's horns on the front of my bike, too. So, okay, yeah, so it's fun. It's a colorful bike. <laughs> yeah, not, he's not a snowflake. He's horny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're very committed, committed to the single lifestyle, the single cylinder lifestyle. Gotcha. <laughs> How long have you been coming up with that one, Brian? <laughs> right? And, 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 of course, the milk crates. So, uh, right now, uh, basically, riding the city, commuters, that type of thing? I commute to work every day. I try to get out once in a while. Every weekend, we try to hit one of the OHVs around here, Metcalf or Hollister. Yeah, not on the KLRs though, on much smaller bikes. Yeah, those are a pig off road. We can't do it anymore. Getting too old. old for that. Yeah, too, too old, old, too fat. Getting yeah. too old, too fat to do too those. Too weak, honestly. <laughs> All right, right on. Uh, so, uh, Robbie, what are you riding right now? Honda man, Honda Go Red, uh, Honda XR650L, the electric start model. Don't have to kick it. So everyone's a little bit more or less on a dual sport. For the city, dual sports are the way to go. Right on, right on. And of course, Wade and I are in R1s, or uh, uh, you have a B-Twin 1000 as well. Yes. SV-1000. SV-1000. All right. So uh, let's talk about Japan, boys. Uh, when did you go there? Uh, we went there a couple years ago. Uh, sort of all started one day. I was at a Scuderia. And they had a book sale. They were liquidating everything they had. Uh, and they had a book in the bin for about five bucks called Motorcycle Vagabonding in Japan. Uh, it's by some French author, uh, Guy de la Paz or something. I forget his name. Guy de la Roupe. He was, yeah, he's a weird guy. Yeah, and he's got a, he's got a buddy known as the Stinger mm-hmm. that uh, rides a Harley Davidson mm-hmm. with him in Japan. Looks like a regular dweeb. Um, but picked up this book and found out that there's tons of great riding all over the country um, and that it's very cheap to do. Uh, other than the expense of renting a bike, which isn't too significant, as far as riding around accommodations, things to do, I mean, living on, you know, 20 bucks, 40 bucks a day if you're pulling mm-hmm. it right. You're kidding me. I always thought Japan was a very expensive. Uh, uh, it is, but the big thing the book taught us and what and what I feel like was the mo- the best like hot tip from the book is this, there's actually these motorcycle hostels that you can stay in. Basically, it's called something like a rider house. 
and it's designed for people who huh. are on motorcycle trips. You can go over there, stay in this place. I mean, we stayed in this guy's garage for like six bucks a night, Whoa. both of us. You're so kidding. Like, yeah. yeah. In, in Japan. Was, yeah, and he was like a definitely like right. a former Yakuza guy, had a bunch of tattoos, <laughs> was like kind of on the outside of their society, but it was he was like incredibly friendly. He seemed like he was like a reformed gangster in a sense. <laughs> well, he, yeah. he retired having what yeah, he Yeah, he retired wanted, and this is what he wanted to do. Is it's like, like a, support the motorcycle. You know, yeah, so it was have awesome. my own motorcycle in, right? That was kind of the vibe. It was a lot of like older retire guys that were out in the country somewhere where there was tons of good riding and they had a barn or something and you'd sleep in there uh, yeah. just on the floor. Uh, rumor is if you get there early enough to these places, they'll cook you barbecue or something. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, uh, very homey. I mean, very we homey. used to have a place like this. I, I, do you remember that place, Wade, out there on Highway Five? There was a there was an old ranch that you could go to, and huh. it's a motorcycle guy, and he'd uh, cook up a steak and everything. But you're out in the middle of nowhere. That's cool. Uh, down south, uh, yeah, I'll have to remember that name. But anyhow, so uh, during the reading of the book, you thought about going to Japan. You went to Japan, and uh, the uh, the you were able to through that get really nice prices i always thought that was a super expensive place to just be yeah i'd say the biggest expense was spending about 100 120 bucks a day on renting the bike itself Uh, a day a day yeah i mean that's kind of standard here in the u.s i don't know if you've ever done any of the fly-by-night motorcycle rental places like eagle rider or something they don't let you out the door for less than 100 bucks for a bike just about anywhere in the world interesting Um, okay and but once we ate that i mean it was pretty insignificant gas wasn't much worse than it was here um you pay a little bit more to ride on the freeway over there you Uh, kind of a mile feel yeah yeah but we weren't on the freeway that much i feel like overall we probably spent in like 14 days of riding maybe a hundred dollars in tolls tops so yeah i don't know i remember it being a lot (laughs) i remember we got back to the place and they had one of these little receipt printers under the bike where it would oh, print yeah. out yeah. the tickets as you got them. Ooh, you, oh, no. So you have tolls everywhere or what? Only on the freeway. Only on the freeway, yeah. Every freeway. Pretty much every freeway. Anything yeah. with more than about four lanes is going to have a toll. Yeah. And no kidding. So, yeah, like, the, uh, is it uh, the automatic or do they actually have a person you have to give some dimes to? No, we had a, uh, like, a easy pass, so to speak, on the bike, and it actually printed out what you were using at, at the moment or, like, what you were using. So then when you pulled it out at the end, it was kind of like the CVS receipt that's, like, a 10 feet long. And oh, it was like, oh, these yeah. are all the tolls. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, we went really far. It was, like, yeah. taller than both of us. Yeah. Nuts. You went yeah. through, like, 10 tolls and, and didn't know it until you got there? Or? Oh, uh, probably, like, 10 a day. I mean, we did, yeah. what, yeah. about uh, 2,500 miles there yeah. over, yeah. like, nine days. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's crazy. So it's a it's a road tax, but they yeah. don't you don't yeah. even know it. So unless you live there, it, uh, you're unawares. Right. Every time you go ten miles, it's another five pounds or something. Yeah, you and know? honestly, if you're savvy and you stay on the nice country roads, which there's tons of, and you're not trying to get any place far, you don't really have to pay this. We were mostly paying this to hustle between big cities. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It was okay, kind of like so the beginning. Type area. Yeah, like the beginning of the trip and the end of the trip when we're in a rush to get somewhere. You would be paying a toll, but most of the time we're on like secondary roads. Yeah, nice. So um, back roads, enjoying enjoying the area. Yeah, right on, right on. All right, well, let's take a five minute or so break, and uh, we'll be getting back to you shortly and enjoy some music. Okay.
right, welcome back to Races Alley, and uh, holy moly, we have a bunch of guests here. Today we have uh, Tim and Brian, a couple of pals here that have uh, gone to Japan and back and such, and then we also as well have a uh, Robbie Motor Tire Guy and Wade Boyd, our co-host. Uh, say hey, fellas. Hello. Hey, guys. There <laughs> we are. So we were just mentioning, um, well, uh, Tim, Brian, uh you guys went out there, you read a great book, you got some really good prices on hostels and stuff, and uh, so, let's talk about the roads and exactly what type of bikes you got and some adventures. Yeah, so we both had to rent some modern bikes, um, and I decided to get the Honda NC700. NC700, so what would that be like? Um, so they describe it as half of a Honda Fit, uh, because it's... Yeah. Uh, half of the 1.4 liter honda fit engine that you find in your average consumer car and the bike is just about as exciting um those that are touring dual sport uh, um i'd call it like a touring bike it's kind of akin to like a nighthawk 750 sort okay. of style all right so just that's something we can all relate japanese with. Of, you know, motorcycle uh, uh, to our audience sometimes we have to paint a picture that way we can yeah. they know exactly what we're talking yeah, about yeah unfortunately know. for me i didn't really think it through i was all excited uh that bike has a fake gas tank <laughs> uh, it's got one of those helmet storages where the gas tank should be and the gas tanks under your seat. So I thought, great, I'm on this trip. Wow. I can cram all this stuff in here. Well, it turns out then you got to be able to flip the passenger seat up, the pile on, to get to the gas tank. So if you have anything tied down on your passenger seat, every gas stop you're getting off and untying it and putting it back on i had a yamaha v max same thing go through the back <laughs> also yeah i had a phaser and uh yeah well phaser was up front the v max was the one in the in the back yeah you have to tear everything off the bike to fill it up that was <laughs> terrible for touring and then to top it all off i brought my magnetic tank bag thinking cool you know i'll put my map <laughs> in here well the damn thing was plastic so <laughs> nothing uh, sticking yeah that was just going inside the boot the whole time but other than that it was a great bike it was really mild my only complaint was that the foot pegs were extremely low. Yeah, you were dragging pegs. Every turn, I was I was telling them, like, I'm dragging pegs. I'm skating like a hockey player out here. <laughs> and I wasn't really that far down. It felt badass, but it, really, it wasn't. Yeah. You barely, yeah, just barely yeah, bending. Just, yeah. <laughs> the first couple times I saw it, I was like, man, Brian's going crazy on this bike. But it just I was, was getting wild. It was just a normal turn, you know. Nice. Kind of aggressive, but not, not too bad. So, uh, Tim, what, 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 what bike were you on? Okay, so I was on a Suzuki V-Strom 650. Okay. And the intro, so the anecdote about this was that in Japan, this is like the craziest, biggest bike that anyone's ever seen. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my God, how did you get these bikes? Because the thing is, their, their licensing tiers make it such that it's really easy to get a ride up to 400 cc's anything above that is really prohibitively expensive in terms of insurance and licensing you have to go through a whole nother test to get anything bigger so though it is available then it is but the thing is we could ride it because our we had to get this thing called an international driving permit and what that does is translate our our driver's license with the motorcycle sticker on it to a bunch of different languages and then basically that means because in the u.s we're allowed to ride everything like all cc's of bikes it means that in japan we're also allowed to interesting so Yay. yeah it was cool we <laughs> yeah. had like basically like really hot shot bikes there and everywhere According, we went the other riders were like oh my god you like, have a 700 you have a 650 like, how's so the power brian, you had how the, fast are you going <laughs> brian you had the nc 700 uh, yeah great. the nc yeah the automatic or not the automatic the manual not mm-hmm. not the slush box 
Oh, that's that funny looking bike. There yeah. is an automatic. Yeah, yeah there there's is. an automatic version of that, and I have to be very careful to make sure I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't want to show up there and be just like twisting the whole time. Yeah. Okay, so the bike you had was the standard version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful bike, very durable. Nice. All right. So you got the bikes, you're able to go out. What was your impression? Uh, it was a pretty hard ride because the first day we got out there, it just poured rain. And we had to cross sort of central Japan, which is a bunch of mountain ranges. Um, and we were a little lackadaisical. We didn't quite get the pace yet. The speed limits, the really low speed limits in Japan were new to us. What does that mean exactly? They're low. They're very low. Uh, on the freeway, the highest speed limit we saw was, uh, I think, about 100 kilometers an hour, which is 60 miles an hour. Um, Damn. So, really? Yeah. I mean, even doing, you know, buck 20, buck 50 on there, I mean, you're only really doing about 70, 75, and that was only on the big freeways. Yeah. So on the island, actually, your your, your speed limit's 60. Yeah. That's only on the freeway, though, but everything, all the side roads, which is what we were trying to concentrate on, are definitely in the kilometer range of, like, 30 to 70 yeah so they're definitely kilometers and kilometers so that's even slower right okay but the thing is we didn't really obey those at all we were just going as fast as we wanted and that's we seemed like we got out of there unscathed so yeah there were a lot of these traffic cameras that everybody was warning us about but uh we heard a rumor that they only are able to take a picture of the front plate on the car that they take the picture when you're coming not going um, I think on the trip we saw him flash what about two or three times. Yeah, but we never had to pay. We so never paid. No I tickets came in the mail, through. so I guess we were okay. There was one time I remember we were literally going triple the speed limit. It was yeah. we were going one fifty, right? <laughs> and it was fifty, and I was like, oh, we should probably slow down, guys. Yeah, wait. What do you call that? The road tax back in Baja. The road tax. The road road tax. Basically, uh, everywhere you go, you got a a federale. Hidden road tax. Mm. Hidden road tax. You are. All right. So uh, from there, you got off the freeway and you did secondary roads. Yeah. uh, After the first day, we got off in a place called Nagano, uh, where the Olympics was, you know, a number of years ago, um, which is a really great place to ride because of all the uh, beautiful mountain ranges out there and uh, just very unpopulated rural japan kind of feel yeah so for us boys who don't know or ladies who don't know i mean how big is that island you're on Ooh, i don't good know question. if you could My, i could answer you scientifically but it'll take you a good day to get from coast to coast okay um especially with all the terrain and low speed Size limits California. yeah kind of yeah. like california yeah california is a good comparison yeah okay uh, that's what i was thinking california kind of like california with the northern part cut off and on a separate island yeah um, right so, on. Yeah. so uh, it's a great place to tour so when you said you go over mountains it is i mean being us here we we know that with the other state yeah you can go over mountains and deserts and such like that so uh what was uh, uh here's another question what side of the road did you drive on uh, on the wrong side yeah on yeah. the left <laughs> wade you know what that's like right uh, just like yeah. the aisle you know yeah it's it, once you get used once to it yeah to it. yeah I, yeah i know a lot of people get intimidated by it but once you get used to it it's not that bad i don't know if you've ever had this wade but the trouble we always had was with u-turns if we'd if we were going the wrong direction and we pulled out in a parking lot it was nine times out of ten we'd come out of that parking lot going the wrong way yeah Yeah, and coming out of a driveway or something or a u-turn 
I always had to say left, 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 left side, left yeah. side. Yeah, left I'd side. be talking in my helmet too. Well, it's yeah, impossible. especially when you first start out, you just think, okay, cool, we're going to get on the road, and that means being on the right hand side. And then you're like, oh no, that's not right. You got to switch real quick. We're not, yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore. Exactly. Although, hot tip, I will say, if you're nervous about riding on the left hand side of the road, watch a lot of YouTube videos of people in other countries. It doesn't even have to be anything interesting, but just mm-hmm. them driving on a left hand side. That is what made it easy for me. Well, you know, it's something. It's also survival mode. If you don't get this right, you're going to go straight True. on into something really... Yeah, yeah those instincts kicked in. And yeah. I didn't really worry about it yeah. that much. I don't think we had any close calls. Past day one, that. it was pretty normal. This guy truly used to it. Right on. So how was the weather? The weather varied a ton. Yeah. Uh, we being went in an September. Yeah. yeah, being an island. Tokyo is extremely hot in the summer. Yeah, so we hot, were trying humid. to delay that as much as we could. It was probably a good 90 degrees and very humid. What day did we start the trip Ooh. in the year? I want to say yeah, like August 30th, maybe? Yeah, like way just the end of August, just the tip of August. Um, but the island's so big and in different temperatures that by the time we got up to Hokkaido, which is the northern tip, the northern part of the trip, it was so cold, we felt like we didn't have the right gear. You yeah, know? it was cold up there. Like I had the summer... winter gloves on and the winter jacket. Well, they and... do have uh, mountains like Fuji, I think, but there's Snow Peak Mountains oh, on yeah. that place. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's interesting how things can change rather quickly. Right. And... and that's why it's really a rider's paradise because everything you want to do is like right next to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could spend a day, oh, yeah. take a weekend trip and get to kind of any terrain or temperature that you're into Mm -hmm. well robbie where were you at uh when (laughs) uh when where who well have you been to japan yeah but just tokyo i didn't get out like these guys did. okay so you didn't uh, you didn't you didn't ride the roads no okay flew in i knew a friend there i was there for four nights and out to thailand or something okay yeah yeah so no running bikes no adventuring like that sadly no all right just cramming into subway cars and sweating <laughs> it wasn't too hot when I was there. Yeah, I, oh, I have some European riding motorcycle so, in uh, Europe, uh, Western Europe, so and uh, 2000. I'm sorry, 1996, 1997, but no Japan stuff. Thailand scooters, but do Thailand scooters count? Well, Thailand scooters, as long as they don't fall apart while you're riding them. Just, uh, just no Kimcos, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right on. So, uh, how was your ride? So, you were mentioning a couple of adventures earlier. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that NC seven hundred, a funny thing about the uh, display on it was that it didn't really tell you when it ran out of gas. You know, this is a modern bike; it doesn't have a mechanical reserve, just something I'm not used to. So, I just had to trust the display that I still had gas in the tank. The little computer LED thing? It didn't even have a gauge? Just kind of the gauge. You know, it's got a couple TikTok marks. Um, it's pretty modern, so it also had a miles to zero count. Okay, so it's not a needle. Yeah, not a needle. Gotcha. And, you know, the tank is under your butt, so you can't really hear it sloshing around if you're not sure. Um, anyway, we were riding around in Nagano, doing a lot of mountain ranges. We're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And I start to flash for reserve. And this is my first time hitting reserve on the bike. So um, Nagano is a city in yeah, Japan. Yeah, the Olympics. Nagano is a city where they had the Winter Olympics once. So if you can imagine like a very mountainous, like ski town, kind of uh, Tahoe kind of atmosphere. That's, that's sort of Nagano. Okay, so flat. Right on the corner. Flat, down low, but then, you know, lots of mountain ranges nearby that you can... Yeah, I mean, we were way up in the mountains at this point yeah. when you started to hit the reserve light. 
Yeah. Okay. So what happened? Well, so I hit the reserve light and immediately I switched the bike to, you know, the miles left in the tank number. <laughs> and uh, I started driving a little bit and I looked down and all of a sudden it's flashing zero. Flashing zero at me like it's a, some kind of warning light. Um, so I panicked. I thought I was out of gas. We were probably 25, 30 miles to the nearest town, the nearest okay. gas station. We pulled over to the side of the road. We talked about it. You know, We realized we could always kind of steal gas from on the other bikes, but what I decided to do was just coast as much as I could downhill. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've been there. You know, I mean, uh, if you've ridden a bike, I mean, if you're, you must have gone through that at one point if you've been riding a bike 10, 20 years. The old mm-hmm. coast barely, uh-oh. Yeah, right, it's like you're in the middle of nowhere. And, oh, dude, mm-hmm. let's just make it. Oh, God, I swear I'll go to church next week. All yeah. I need to do is How get much, this. <laughs> the whole time I'm visualizing myself just running on complete fumes just like somebody oh, yeah. had sprayed some carb cleaner into the gas tank and that's all I have left I've been the worst that way in cars trucks you mm-hmm. name it it's just like it's my nature just to do that but and stranded in Japan stranded <laughs> in Japan worst places to get stranded <laughs> yeah right that's the uh, hook so you made it I made it. I made it. And I was super cautious, and I'd kept killing the engine and starting it back up on uphills and then just taking my momentum down. So we get down to the gas station, and I decide to ask, figure out what's the reserve capacity in this bike. It seemed like it ran down to zero really quickly. Well, it turned out that display had some weird quirk where when you ran out of gas, it would count back up. So instead of counting down how many miles you had gone, it would count back up that's kind of an odd way to i mean you kind of used to think in a different well, well, counting borrow time you're already zero <laughs> so you're counting out your borrowed time yeah. counting how far you've pushed it from now oh i've taken it to 30 or 40 right uh, you're uh, that's a funny way to the record that. i got it up to 30 man <laughs> i mean i thought that number was just going up because we were going downhill and the gas was the range sloshing, going so, up yeah you know it was it was a scary moment but you know great experience to just kind of bobsled down that mountain like you're in the olympics <laughs> well, yeah using using every 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 grade you got wade while you were talking to christine is she coming by yeah good so uh wade's got a little flat right now we got to get that sucker sorted but uh brian was talking about oh running out of gas you only got so much left and you end up shutting off your bike going down hills ever been there Oh, yeah. Coasting a lot, too. Yeah. Is this like a Baja story or something else? Yeah. Baja story? No, I not me in Baja. Baja's really flat. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's like uh, if you go on the SMR every now and then, you got a coaster race. Anyhow, so you end up getting there, and uh, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, it was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as riding there, I mean, what was was something memorable? Okay, probably my favorite story coming out of there. It was on one of our last days. We were kind of tired. We pull into this rest stop, very stereotypical looking rest stop, something you would see in America, like big wide open parking lot. <laughs> you know, just go to use the bathroom. We think that's kind of it, you know. Big strip mall. Were there yeah. a bunch of Harleys out strip. front, big um, old Western No, park? no, not honestly. There was only other one guy on a motorcycle there, and he's probably had one of the most unique and fun bikes I've ever seen. And ever Ooh. since then, I've been chasing this this uh, dragon or whatever this guy. Okay, anyway. What was that? Got, that to go as far? What was it? Okay, yeah, he's got this bike that is, I'm going to guess it's like a 80s bagger Harley. It was. It had a sidecar on it, and it was also pulling a Conestoga wagon. 
so he had the entire harley was dressed up in like this fur thing he was like (laughs) so he was this older japanese guy and he told us his name was bronson and he was in a cow and i was kind of like yeah i was like yeah (laughs) okay he is living the life right but he he just like idolized like this old west aesthetic from uh he had the cowboy hat on had a white uh, shirt on with like a leather vest and like look super sharp and he, okay so anyway the um the bike has like horns on it which is where i think i got the idea to put horns on my bike that i'm currently riding awesome and he had uh he basically forced us with like through charming us to come over and take pictures on his bike he, he just w- he didn't speak any english but he wouldn't take no for an answer yeah, he'd just point at you and point at the bike and then he'd take a little cowboy hat out of his <laughs> luggage compartment and he'd plop it on your head and you walk up to the bike and it's playing this old west music like oh dude i'd be right on that <laughs> like like the good the bad and the ugly music <laughs> awesome did he have a samurai sword oh, that's great no no because he was trying to be an old <laughs> yeah, west total year. cowboy yeah, yeah right? total cowboy like sullen face you know tough guy cowboy yeah oh, that's awesome okay so we take we take the pictures and i mean it was hilarious i there's some of the best pictures i feel like we got on the trip and then when he goes to leave he does like the coolest sidecar wheelie he like flips the sidecar up and just like burns out of the parking oh yeah mind you while hauling a trailer yeah with the trailer wait you know about that the trailer was like a sleeper trailer what kind what was uh it was about six feet long it had like regular looking wheels on it and or they were regular wheels but they were made to look like it was a conestoga wagon so like imagine the like white dome half circle that's made out of like so canvas are you, are you talking the wagon the, during the plains yeah like a cat like a what the pioneers rode over that's what here. i'm wondering like Oregon, Oregon trail, trail. i'm thinking yeah. of 78 you know so go, yeah so i'm really curious like he had sleep in it was it set up for something you could sleep in? i think no, it was no more for i think show. it was a prop it was a total I just want to be a cowboy yeah he was awesome. just really into the cowboy yeah, that's his retirement plan he was just driving around and hanging out with people and, just and like taking being pictures a cowboy and people's that's what cowboys do <laughs> that's awesome yeah well you know i mean that's part of the motorcycle life and you were traveling and a lot of my friends who travel get to see wonderful motorcycle characters mm-hmm. and uh he was probably very very honored it's like sit on my bike get the hat do yeah. it's like okay little notch 1001 you know that type of thing yeah, yeah. Amer- needed americans to make it look realistic yeah i there mean i go. was happy yeah. to fulfill that for him it was so much fun <laughs> that's very cool so it's like um, as far as going there uh I've always read about and seen pictures of the old uh, cycle world and motorcyclist about how uh, they have, um, I guess you could say, places stories high full of motorcycle gear. Did you guys ever get to go to any of those Big stores? Oh, sadly, the Ueno bike town in Tokyo. That used to be a really big thing. Uh-huh. Uh, blocks around, you'd see nothing but motorcycles parked on the street. When I was there in maybe 2002, mm-hmm. that was really big. You couldn't walk on the sidewalk in that district because everybody just parked on the sidewalk. Me. There was motorcycle shops, you know, three, four, five stories up in Japan. Yeah. In Japan, everything's built real vertical. Parts, 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 parts. parts. Everything mm-hmm. you possibly want. <laughs> Sadly, I got to say, we went to a Wayno bike town and there was only one or two retailers left. It yeah. seems like online oh, sales no. has just wiped them out. That sucks. Yeah. So, so the, well, just like I was mentioning earlier in the show about me bitching about, you know, online 
buying retailers. It's just like uh, it decimated uh, a lot of mom and pop mm-hmm. and uh, retail stores. I mean, if you can't sit there, touch and look at it, I mean, that's half the fun, just being right. able to walk through floors of just mm-hmm. beauty. Yeah. You know? It was really uh, cool when I saw it. It was yeah, You yeah. felt like you were in some kind of church of motorcycle gear. Yeah, exactly. Like being in the leather it's, district it's just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for road rash protection. Stories mm-hmm. tall of cool, cool stuff. It did seem yeah. like they cracked down, at least from what you told me, on the motorcycle parking on the sidewalk. In yeah, fact, we didn't see a lot of that anymore at one, either. At yeah, one point, I pulled over... Not on a sidewalk, like a raised sidewalk, but just kind of to the edge of a sidewalk. I was maybe there for 10 minutes while I was fiddling with a power cable for a GPS. Uh-huh. And just some random, you know, overzealous citizen came over and, and just told me that, <laughs> that he was like, you're not allowed to park here. I'm calling the police. And I was like, what? Like, what? Like, what is what is your deal, man? Like, It's probably uh, the crime of the century from his perspective. Right, yeah. I guess to him, you know, the place has zero crime. So this is like a big deal. Someone parking on the side of the road. Some American hooligan coming. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I just kind of pushed the bike zero a little dollars. bit further along and, you know, went on my, just went on with my day. Betty. Yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. So let's take a little bit of a break here, listen to some music, and uh, we'll get back to you shortly. Right on. Thank you, for, thank you guys for listening to us on Racers Alley here in the Mission at Mutiny Radio. And we'll get back to you soon.
Welcome back to Racers Alley, and uh, today I have special guests Tim and Brian, who have been to Japan, and uh, just general riders, as well as uh, Robbie Moto Tie guy you've heard of, uh, one of our sponsors, and uh, we love him here in San Francisco. He does all the great tire work that you can need, and if you ever have anything, you know, uh, as far as work done, he's the man to go for tires. And that being said, you know, it's like it'd be nice to stay, you know, thank our sponsors. You know, we have Mutiny Radio here in the Mission, and of course. Uh, subculture racing which uh, I've ran with and uh, they've always been good folks and uh, go everywhere in the world uh, motor tire guy Robbie over there and uh, Tokyo Moto uh, actually is a great shop to go if you need something done you know uh, a lot of times they'll get you in and out in a day uh, CC Rider Toe you know that man's helped me out more than once me holy too. moly yeah he's the best and uh Go call them if you ever need something like that as well. Uh, of course, Bender's Bar, that's a nice place to hang your hat. And uh, a lot of times you'll find some motorcyclists there Monday or Wednesdays. And uh, Molotov's Bar, best place to read a book and just sit mm-hmm. back and relax. E-R-E-R. And uh, from there, Motohub SF, Dima has been our friend here for a while. And, uh, you know, a guest host. And uh, he's really good. If you need something that's very personable and... Uh, they might need, you might need them to come into your house to take a look at a bike. A lot of times that's very uh, expensive to get it towed, that type of thing. He can go for, you know, uh, do a basically uh, an estimate. Look at your bike, see if it's worthy or not to, to, to put what money in. MotoHubSF.com. And that's Dima, and he's really good at that. And uh, like I said, he'll come right to your door. And uh, Monkey Motor School, Mr. Evan. Mr. Evan, I hope you feel better lately your uh, legs gotten a little bit uh, funny you know mr evan actually uh, got hit by a car not too long ago uh, an idiot girl decided up uh, well i'll just say an idiot i don't have to be specific but uh anyways uh she was uh they were turning left in front of him and instead of turning left they looked at him and decided to run him into him straight on and uh, he got hit. Uh, he had just bought a brand new, I believe it, a FC09. Uh, I saw the bike, and I was scared for his life. I mean, it really, it literally caved in his front rim. His whole front end was broken. I mean, I, I just can't believe he didn't get out with a broken bone. But he, he had a lot of hematomas in his legs. So he's uh, he's getting better. And, uh, boy, if you need to learn to ride a bike, uh, Monkey Motor School, talk to Evan and uh, wish him some well. Boy, it was a very, very scary thing uh, uh, for, the, for our friends. Wearing you know? your crash and, uh, gear, he did. Oh, yeah, exactly. He had full gear on, too. Actually, he ended up on the window, uh, broken window. He ended up on the hood. The person that hit him said, I'm sorry, and ran away. So that's, uh, you got to watch out, folks, and maybe get a GoPro, you know, uh, talking about that, because the person who hit him has not yet been found. They literally looked at him, and they literally said, I'm sorry, and ran away. You know, he could have died. Like they do in Russia, get a dash cam. A dash cam. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, anyhow, uh, of course, we want to thank our AMA friends. Uh, AFM is racing this weekend uh, over at Thunder Hill, Wade. Yep, 
Thunder Hill. Thunder Hill. So it's the last race of the season, and uh, it's also a good time to support your turn workers being the last race. So if you're going to the AFM races, please, uh, you know, bring some niceties uh, to the folks uh, for as far as the turn workers go, and uh, let them know you appreciate them, and, uh, you know, God bless those folks. If it wasn't for them, we actually wouldn't have a race, you know, so uh, yar-yar on that. One more, and, uh, one more plug. Okay, so uh, we got Robbie Boto Tire Guy over here. All right, one more plug for this weekend. Saturday, Old Car Picnic. No Sp- way. Speedway Meadows, Golden Gate Park, Cool Old Cars. Oh, that's come. cool. Uh, Robbie, are you saying the Jimmy's Old Car Picnic Saturday? Yes, it's all that minus the Jimmy name. Oh, okay. Well, so there's a, a new picnic uh, for a long time here in San Francisco. There's always been a nice uh, hot rod uh, uh, gathering over in Golden Gate Park. Is, is it Speedway Meadows? Am I wrong, Wade? Yep, 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 yep. Speedway Meadows? Yep, yep. Uh, Jimmy just retired, that's all, but we, we still like to say it's Jimmy's. All right, so it's like, uh, what do you mean, Wade? So what's, what's, just, what's, what's going on with the show? It's basically the same. Bring your cars, bring your bikes, bring your bicycles, Older bring your bring yourself. All right. So uh, you can basically right now uh, Google it and find out. But so uh, Jimmy's old car picnic for all of us who used to know it at that name is still going on under this weekend under a different name, and they'll be at Speedway Meadows on Saturday. Bingo. Yes. Bingo. Zoom zoom. Awesome. Uh, Wade, you taking anything? In my, uh, maybe I'm not sure what I'm doing yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it runs yet. Okay, <laughs> you can even take the well. You can take the Elky uh, Christine's new Elky, meaning Ooh, new, Christine's meaning Christine's got a new Elky. What year? Oh, check it is. Check this out. Seventy-two Elky. Ooh, mm. nice. It's mm. it was Dad's car. He never let the son drive it. It spent a lot of time in storage or something. It's got a lot of rust from like the underneath. I call it surface rust from weeds or something whatever but it's basically untouched hasn't been fixed hasn't been saved and they so they primed it they put wheels and brakes on it and it looks really good it's totally straight it's got a ding in the bump rear bumper mm-hmm. totally straight 72 wow. alky somebody couldn't stop it. looking at it and hit it from behind huh yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> So she got a break, great price on it. Her other car broke, so she needed to like drive it around. And this is what I want, as far as I need a truck. And she did the research and everything, and it's it normally go for like six thousand or so. She got a great deal on it. Uh, I did a lot of work on it. And it's like, but she didn't didn't hardly notice. It's like, yeah, I've been working on it for three days to polish it and make it work. Mm-hmm. No thanks. And. It looks the same as when I got it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're pretty smog. I mean, those are a pain. I had an 83 El Camino, yeah, and I had to put oh, it to pasture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, it should totally do the job. It's pretty smog. It, it's a V8. It runs really good. It's stock. It hasn't been fixed. I drove it to work as a test drive. It works really nice. Nice. Yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, the fact of the matter that it's straight you know that's a huge deal it uh, i saw it uh, you know about a week ago and i was looking at ooh ah i mean that's like you open up the hood that's where you can like fit like five people under there you know you got a whole lot of room got a motor and room left right yeah. sideways jesus christ you can cook a turkey in there well we, we went to this car show up in somewhere near lodi or something this weekend and then so we checked out all the el caminos and stuff and here's the ss here's the this here's that 
they all had these giant motors and hmm. giant everything. And it's like, uh, I guess you got the small block. I guess there's a difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she appreciated the looks of the car, the, the car though. Right? Yeah, yeah, everything. And got a whole, you know, education. And she did the, all the um, research on it to find out what was wanted, what year do I want and everything. Because there's a big difference. They get to be more like grandpa's cars, I, I, as I call it in the end. But anyhow, she picked out, I go, get what you want. There, You aren't going to get another chance. This is the year you want. Now find it. It is out there, and she totally found it in Santa Cruz. Yeah, there's an El Camino nice. out there in Ensenada. <laughs> it's really cool that uh, hopefully uh, from here on in, just build that sucker. You know, nowadays all these new cars are coming out, and it's like back in the old days when I was growing up, if you had those exhausts, you get pulled over by the man. Mm-hmm. You know, now wait, it doesn't seem everything's fucking loud. You know, you can get this heavy brand new Camaro, you can get the uh, Challenger, Chargers, you can get the uh, yeah, everything is really fucking loud. Go by Otis Street, where I am, between Mission and Mission. It's a little freeway section before you get on a freeway. And, boy, these these folks get on it. And they all sound NASCAR. Well, they're just yeah. opening it up right there. Yeah. And, and they go all for it. totally enjoy making the sound. And, Who and does a it? few of us enjoy hearing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, nowadays, they're, they're really getting along with motor. You know? Anyhow, uh, let's see here. We got a few minutes left on our show here at Racers Alley in the Mission at Mini Radio. And, uh, boy, I hear uh, Robbie Boto Tire Guy Brian. Uh, I don't know, Tim. Are no, you I'm going. Coming? I'm going too. Tim, you're yeah. going as well. Awesome. You guys are going. Uh, and, 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 and Dima? Yeah, he's a legend. And uh, Dimitri as well. Uh, all you guys are going down south of Baja. Yeah, that's right. We're going to catch the start of the Baja 1000 in Ensenada. Nice. Oh, we're not only going to catch the start, but we're going to beat the guys to the finish. Where That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> you All go. you guys are just going to go race. Oh, yeah. Let's just do it anyway. Yeah. Uh. Unlikely, actually. <laughs> no, it's like awesome. Uh, you guys are going down. Uh, Wade's been there a bunch of times as well, right? Yeah, but not for the 1,000 or, or the, for their races. Yeah, you we, do your 1,000. We had our own race. <laughs> the the Kaba 1,000. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. No sanctioning at all. So, yeah, we started at the border, and first one to the Giggling Marlin in Cabo San Lucas won. And so we would leave early to avoid the, uh, um, the people getting up and getting in the way and getting on the road and stuff. So really early, like 3.30 in the morning, because mm-hmm. um, it's 1,059 miles. And, and yeah, first one there wins. So we would get there about 3.30, 4 o'clock, something like that. But was there cheating? Were there cheaters that would do certain things? In the early days, there were no rules. Do it do it on your own. Awesome. How can you possibly cheat? Um, eventually, after I won, there became a rule of, of fuel tank capacity. Hmm. I learned fuel tank capacity from the first time I was there. I took my RZ, and I was riding next to this BMW. What am I doing next riding next to him? And we had five extra gallons on the back. My bike had a problem, kind of blew up, and uh, so anyhow, the next year I came back and started running fuel. Cabo Camel run like 15 gallons of gas. Yeah, that was a huge looking bike. Gas on a motorcycle. Yeah, imagine yeah. the weight alone it's on that. It's a gas. super cruiser. Yeah, <laughs> I had some other little problems on that. So the next year, I came back with a Katana 1100. 
really nice borrowed bike and did the same thing i put uh two five gallon gas tans on hmm. the back <laughs> so there's like your four plus ten yeah wait yeah. could you describe what it looks like to put these extra gallons of gas in there i'm imagining you with like a beer dispensing helmet and the gas is up there and it's running down to the tank what does it look like it, it, each one kind of varied the the r the rz actually was t- custom and it was under the fairing everything where the the uh katana 1100 was at first year was just two gas cans set on the back like saddlebags just like the cops yeah i saw a lot of that where it was like they were they were auxiliary tanks like you'd have on a jeep well, okay. the, the RZ tank, I think I saw a picture of it. You know, it was just a tall tank. It came up to your chin. Yeah, the tank was that tall. It came yeah. up to your chin. It was chin. gigantic. Oh, it was cool. like a giant camel. Yeah. Isn't <laughs> that what they call it? It was a camel weight? The Cabo camel, yeah. Cabo camel. So, it was literally it was, was. I, I was fell in love with a paint job. I, I, I somehow slipped it out. It was uh, tropical. It was almost a Cabo camel. It was... Uh, but the Cabo Camel was the name, but it was totally in very bright colors and stuff. So if you put a a tank bag on your bike and you fill it up as full as you can, that was the line. And that's where I made the gas tank go to. Wow. So it held somewhere at least 10 gallons or so or whatever. 10 gallons. And how much is a yeah. gallon of gas weigh? About eight pounds. Eight pounds. Eight pounds. It's super touring. <laughs> so, but in a sense, that's a person or a light person. Yeah, yeah. it's. it's um, I got. A, I got. A, I got somebody on the back, but it's a little more centrally located. And when I leave the gas station, I'm going to be really nice for a while. The farther mm-hmm. I go, the the meaner I can be, the faster <laughs> I can go, and. And but it's you're it's you're an endurance race. You're far, far away from home. So. You still got a camel's up right in your chest, though. How but do you deal with that? You you put your chin on it and you relax <laughs> and yeah. no, and try not to go to sleep and no smoking. It was great. So I, I had a I had I had the, did the gas tank like that. I did the tailpiece like that. I had an extra gallon of oil to my oil tank. I put another headlight above my other headlight to make the fairing all fit. And I was totally, it was the best aerodynamic package I had. Make it totally work. So, uh, Robbie, uh, Brian, Tim, when are you guys living? I thought you knew. Oh, aren't we leaving around the 10th or something? Yeah, yeah, November were, 10th, I thought you were just coming up soon. So that being said, is it, uh, is it a good time to go there? Is it going to be uh, hot? Are you going to uh, run into issues? Uh, it, um, it should be like 80 during the day and maybe 60 or 55 at night. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it gets a little chilly at night. It's sort of desert uh, and may, tops maybe 75 or 80 in the day tops. Yeah. So what are each of you riding? Tim? Well, we're all going to be uh, trucking and vanning down there, but... I'm going to be on the same bike I've got today, my uh, Kawasaki KLR650. Okay. I'll be on my Brian. XR400. Want XR. something nice and simple. Okay. Honda, Honda, Honda. XL, XR. XR. Okay. He's got the big boy, though. He's a 650 man. So are you guys uh, going to be doing like just uh, truck camping? Are you going to stay at a hostel and go out from there? Uh, no, uh, this is the 21st century. We're staying in an Airbnb. I'll, I'll tell you, there's a lot of hate around here in New York City and other places about Airbnb. I oh, yeah, it. I hate them. Yeah. But for world travel, oh, in Mexico, uh, yeah. Airbnb is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like we're going to be living in, in the real world house. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's going nice. to be like MTV. So 
So yeah. uh, that's good. You're gonna have a main base, and then you can take your trucks, go out somewhere, and then from there go out somewhere. Yeah. Then come back, get your own trucks, and come back. Or you're just gonna leave from the house every day. Uh, no. One of the days we're trying to go up to this place called Mike Sky Ranch, which is about uh, maybe a hundred you know miles. About that? You, seem, miles you, you seem a little 50, excited 20? about that. Okay. Wait. Yeah. That's a great place. That has the best. It used to be a dirt road, at least. Interesting. Was the best fire road anywhere in the Baja, and it's like twenty miles long. And first one to get there wins. <laughs> Everybody, awesome. somebody else is going to buy the beer. Look at Mike Sky Ranch. The way that uh, Robbie described the schedule to me, he's like, "We're going to wake up late every day and then get some <laughs> breakfast. We're going to ride like just a just a, just a little just a little bit, no, hours, and then and then we're going to go get some beer. Don't drink the water. You have to drink the beer. It's all about the beer. Uno más cerveza, por favor. You guys can ride eight hours a day. I'm going to do two or three and go hit the fish tacos and beer. But you exactly. knock yourselves out. So you got different schedules and that's a nice thing about motorcycles you can always just pull off when you want and let you have let the younger folks have some fun yeah yeah so i want to thank you guys uh, for coming in the show tim brian yeah. and of course welcome back again mr motor tire guy and of course wade as always uh, our host here and uh, thank you for having us oh yeah anytime. thank you very much this I, is I, really I hope fun. to have you guys again because we yeah. just barely got into yeah. japan yeah i'm grinning you know, ear to and, ear this is great writing and we still have to explain the finer points of the milk crate gang yeah mm-hmm. so uh i hope to have you guys here again it would be a wonderful are, time are they folding milk crates or just mm. milk crates that's, that's, for, that's for, for girls no, ours are rigid yeah. Yeah. Oh, girls oh, get the folding milk crates oh. <laughs> yeah you are all right guys uh Everyone else out there, thank you for joining Racers Alley. And uh, always uh, feel free to support Meetly Radio here in the Mission. I mean, uh, we're doing everything we can. Uh, always uh, feel free to join in in the day and listen to any of our shows. We have a, a ton of variety uh, of shows out here. And then uh, I'm sure something that would be up anyone's alley. So do do check in and uh, have a great week. And we'll uh, well, you'll hear from us next week. Enjoy, yeah. Yar yar.
Take a look in between my eyes